Well, looky here. Seems like we got ourselves a podcast. Hey, Lawrence? Yeah, that's right. We're back. Who'd have thunk? Uh, it's another episode of Junior Funners coming at you from uh, the podcast place. The, pod- the, the podcast store. The podcast store called and they said, uh, you're a jerk. Um, only joking. So this is Junior Funners. It's a podcast about football and that, and it's uh, it's hosted by me, Ollie, and it's also hosted by Lawrence, who you heard a second ago. Hello, hello, everyone. There he is. It's me. Uh, it's me. Hello. And um, yeah, we uh, talk mainly about Arsenal, uh, the, the the football team, and uh, talk about some other bullshit as well. But uh, we kick off every episode. <laughs> Kick off every episode. Oh, so he did that. Uh, uh, footballing term there. Um, with uh, Arsenal news. Uh, so let's get to that. So. We are recording a little later in the week than we would do normally. Um, so just for some context, uh, the most recent Arsenal match uh, that's been played was the 1-0 home defeat to Leicester, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, we are about an hour and 20 minutes away from kickoff uh, in the, the Europa League against Dundalk, uh, the uh, Irish team that we've, uh, that we've got to play uh, this evening. Um, and... Well, uh, yeah, prior to the defeat of, uh, of us against Leicester, we came back to beat uh, Rapid Vienna, wasn't it? it was, uh, that was last week's Europa League match. Um, mm-hmm. So I suppose we should start there because that was the, the first thing that happened since we last recorded. Um, yeah, so came back to win that match 2-1 after going 1-0 down when Bernd Leno... Uh, I don't know what he was doing. Um, just decided yeah. he's sort of really kind of leaning into this sweeper keeper thing this season. Um, kind of harkening back to the glory days when like mad German goalkeepers would just come flying out of the box, like way up the pitch um, to try and, you know, clear the ball or play a pass. Um, so yeah, he uh, made a, a, just a complete, uh, pig's dick of uh, <laughs> clearing the ball, played it way too short, uh, straight to uh, Rapid Vienna player. Um, put David Luiz under too much pressure, which I mean, we all know how well he copes with that. And uh, yeah, the inevitable happened, and uh, they went one nil up. Yeah. Um, oh well, um, 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 so much to talk about this week. Uh, not just uh, Rapid Vienna, but. Um Mm. You know, any any cock up uh, from Leno, and there's always people now saying, "See, see, we wouldn't have, shouldn't have got rid of uh, Emmy Martinez." You see, you see, uh, he would never have done that. Uh, blah 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 blah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's interesting because Martinez did like to come running out of his box as well. Like, it's not like he never. It's not like his thing is that he never did that. So. I, yeah, it's 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 weird to say that it wouldn't happen if he was in goal because it probably would have happened at some point. Maybe not in that match, but he probably would have like come and 
just handled the ball accidentally outside of the box or, you know, clattered into someone and got sent off or something. You know, it's just that comes with the territory of being that type of that type of sweeper keeper. You know, if you're going to come running all the way out there, you're, you're taking a risk. Yeah. I think, I think it's part of the problem when, uh, I th- is it too early to say that we've become predictable? Like everyone knows what we do and uh, they prepare for that. So it's like, uh, just go press the uh, centre-back, still make some cock up or the goalkeeper and just try and <laughs> nick a goal. Um, mm. A little bit, yeah. I mean, I think it's also, I think also it's just the last couple of games have just been unlucky like just certain things just haven't come off you know in a way that they were uh earlier this season or towards the end of last season um you know just little little things where you know like the, the balls like hitting the post or getting disallowed and stuff like that where you know where we we've maybe been a bit luckier previously um just not going for us at the moment but uh, but yeah, um, Arteta made some changes. He brought on um, brought on Obama Yang um, and Bellerin, and uh, they proved to be the difference. I think you know they the their their work on the wings um, ended up making the uh, yeah making the the difference in getting us back in the game. Um, Obama Yang and David Louise uh, getting getting a goal. Um, so that yeah, uh, getting. Getting the job done, I think he'd rather not have had to use them in a you know a midweek match um, with the the Leicester match coming up that weekend. But you know if if needs must, uh, Leno obviously wasn't done making those sorts of uh, <laughs> those sorts of crazy runs because he did it. Yeah. He did almost the exact same thing later on in that match. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, luckily um, our defenders were quick enough to uh, to avoid crisis um yeah it's like you've been possessed by almunia like it's like we've gone back to the almunia days really. it was a little bit like that yeah because almunia was famously was a uh, a frustrated outfield player wasn't he i think he was yeah a, wasn't he a striker originally and then uh, he sort of became a goalkeeper <laughs> something like that but um yeah but um i don't know um they they have those moments. These 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 German goalkeepers are like robots. Every now and then they sort of malfunction. Uh, they, they go yeah. haywire. Uh oh. You used to see it a lot more, um, but it, yeah, sort of in the like I feel like in the nineties and early two thousands there was a there was a kind of a, it was definitely a thing for for German goalies to be absolutely kind of uh, just nuts and just you know uh, prone to just herring out of the box and clattering into people or taking on players and stuff like that but it, it, it's yeah it's uh good to see Leno is bringing back the tradition kind of wish he wasn't such a you know it wasn't such a liability um because I mean as we get into talking about the Leicester match there was definitely some of that still going on yeah um but uh, I'll go more on a positive and say that I thought um El Nini's uh through ball to Bellerin was that's something we've uh, missed a lot of at Arsenal. So, uh, a midfielder mm. who can make those sorts of passes. Um, it was nice to see once in a while, um, but yeah, we got. You know, we don't want to be too down about it because we won the game, and uh, yeah, um, still. Yeah, and I think um, 
in the case of El Nenny specifically, it's nice to see a midfielder who can make those types of through balls and killer passes, but also puts the effort in to defend and track back. You know, yeah. that's uh, you know, I think that's quite crucial. Um, you know, struggling to think of an example of a, a player that doesn't uh, doesn't do yeah. that, that famously uh, could only do one and not the other. Uh, yeah, nothing coming to mind. You know, a midfielder that was uh, you know. Uh, proficient at making good through balls, but fuck all else. Um, yeah. mm. Don't know whether to get into that now or later. Mm. <laughs> but uh, I thought Thomas yeah. Party uh, saved us a couple of times. Seemed like he, yeah, uh, I think he did pretty he well. But bossed the match pretty much. Yeah, he was in. Yeah. he was everywhere. He was just popping up all over the pitch. He was in absolute control. Um, he, yeah, he, he looked looked very very good um, in that match. And I think I'm sure there's. More to come from him, um, but uh, yeah, he looked very good in in that uh, in that match. Um, was there anything else on the the Rapid Vienna game? Uh, well, just I think the referee was kind of um, kind of crap. He was booking everybody for everything. Um, he was throwing the yellow cards around quite a lot. Although there were some, there was a period of the match where Rapid Vienna were making some pretty dodgy tag. Like they were just they were just flying in to challenges sort of willy nilly. Um, so I think, yeah, some of the yellow cards were, uh, were definitely deserved, but yeah, he was very, very trigger happy on the, on the bookings. Yeah. Like some people online also Twitter were like, this referee's just booking, uh, he's booking all the black players. He's racist. Which, uh, I was <laughs> beginning on, to, I was, I was beginning to, uh, I was like, yeah, he is. Yeah. He is. Nah, nah. <laughs> on, he was just, he was just very card happy that ref. And, uh, yeah. And uh, but um, yeah, it wasn't a, wasn't the best game. Got the result in the end. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I think it, was... it, it, it as a match, it got. I mean, it got better certainly from our point of view. Once Aubameyang and Bellerin came on, um, we looked hmm. a lot better, and it was a lot more kind of entertaining to watch. Um, like I said, I'm sure Arteta's uh, plan A was to not have to use them uh, at all. Um, but you know, we getting to the point I think in the match where there was 25 20 minutes left and we were one nil down so it's good to have those types of players there to to be able to change the game when you need them um yeah, but, uh, yeah. um so yeah and then we we move on to this Sunday just gone and the the Leicester match um it's something like 48 years since Leicester had won away at Arsenal yeah. or something I, I don't know um but uh, yeah, Jamie Vardy on the bench. Um, Leicester, gotta say, look, from what I saw of the highlights, looked pretty crap until he came on. It, like literally after he came on, I think for the, like the final half hour or so, they looked like a completely different team. They actually looked pretty decent. But mm. before he came on, I mean, they weren't they weren't doing anything. They weren't you know creating anything. They never looked that threatening. And like I said, it was only sort of. Sort of bad luck, really, that stopped Arsenal from taking the chances that they should have done. Like they could have been two or three nil up by half time quite easily. Yeah, it's almost like a very sort of uh, Jekyll and Hyde from Arsenal. It was very uh, yeah. Well, from good both first teams. half. Yeah, it's like switcheroo. Very good first yeah. half, but then crap in the second half. And uh, it's becoming a meme now that Jamie Vardy always scores against us. And. Hmm. Uh, yeah, remember we could have bought him. Ha ha ha. 
could have bought him, but never mind. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, David Luiz got injured, and, uh, oh, man, i got to say, the, the Arsenal fans are becoming very toxic. They're just... Are there any other Arsenal fans who... Are, are, football fans, rather, who cascade their players as much as Arsenal fans do? Castigate is um, uh, uh, Castigate, is it? Yeah. Um, I think all football fans do in some regard. Um, you see it to different degrees, I think. Um, there's some players that can just never do any wrong at all. Yeah. Like, um, and there's other yeah. players that will just get blamed for absolutely everything. Mm. Um, but, because that, there was that one chance that uh, um, Lacazette had that he was trying to head the ball but couldn't reach it because he's kind of short, so he couldn't yeah. reach the ball with his head. I mean, they just slaughtered him for that. Like, every, everyone, I, yeah. everyone's been coming after Lacazette lately, and it's just any fuck up now, and it's just. The Ozil fanatics come out, and it's just it's getting obnoxious. Um, um, the, the fans are awful yeah. right now. They're just pissing me off, and uh, you know. I think this, yeah, this sort of this dip in form. Um, it's there is. I don't want to say a lack of creativity um, in the side because there are some very good creative players, um, especially down the wings. I mean, you know, Tierney and Saka um, and Bellerin have all looked uh, very, yeah. very good and very consistently threatening in the last few games. But there's just a lack. There's a lack of end product. Like I said, for whatever reason, for the strikers, it's just not coming off in the way that it did um, a, a couple of months. You know, a month or two ago. Um, yeah. Lagazette, I mean, scored, you know, three goals in his first three matches. Um, but yeah, he hasn't scored for a, for a little while since then. Aubameyang, you know, since he since he signed the contract and we made such a big deal about, you know, getting him to stay at the club, um, he hasn't been quite as as potent in his finishing. Um, yeah. But I, th- I mean, I don't worry about that. I think, he'll, you know, he'll, he'll get back. He'll get back to it soon enough. Um, yeah, Eddie, Eddie and Ketia, again, you know, things not coming off for him in the way that they were, but it's that sort of thing kind of it. Yeah. To, it, it's, it's very damaging for football fans, you know, in terms of their psyche um, because they have to start looking around for possible explanations for it. And mm. also they have to, it, a lot of times it's, you know, it's this, it's the, you know, the, the thing where every, you, you have to have the hottest take. You have to be contrarian to everybody yeah. else. You know, you have to be, everyone else is wrong. Uh, my reason that I've kind of that I've come up with is the only correct reason as to why we're not doing well. Um, mm. So that leads to some really kind of like you know true galaxy brain um, opinions about stuff. And I mean the one we're seeing most consistently, which we we mentioned a little bit earlier, is that Özil uh, should be uh, yeah. playing every minute of every match. Basically, if Özil played, we would have won. Blah blah blah. They like they take a screenshot from like where there's like the middle zone of the pitch is completely empty, and they're all saying like putting red circles almost like and conspiracy theorists like if you if they had someone there or there Özil that's who we need you know someone like Özil to uh, create chances. Look at these stats. Look at these cherry pick stats that I have concocted. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's the reality is that yeah, if Ozil were playing in those matches, um not only would we like not be like we it, it, not only would we not be creating any more than we are already, but we would be letting in more goals. <laughs> like all the kind of defensive organization um that's that's being worked on um would just go out the window because he just doesn't it's just not in his dna to to track back or defend or you know just to to do the grunt work you know um yeah it it yeah it's just not part of his game at all and it you in order to be able to play in this current setup you need to be able to do that and he's obviously shown that he's uh not willing to do that or he's either not willing or he just can't do it um so yeah, I yeah, I for one do not think that uh, Urzel would solve. Like I said, not only would he not solve the current problem, he would actually be making things worse. I think it's just for me. I think it's just like a confidence issue again. Like I've said before, like it's psychological. There's something about there's any confidence and a bit of like yeah. I don't know what it is. They just um, need to stop being like it's not like the England team. But like they need to stop being so. Uh, frightened, and just like, yeah, yeah. Have have some belief. You can do this. You're better than most teams. Come on. It does. Yeah, it does seem like there's maybe a yeah contributing to this. Like I said, this sort of uh, just general unluckiness. It probably yeah, it does seem like there's maybe a bit of a confidence thing. Um, you know, you see like Saka getting forward and uh, making these great runs or putting great balls in, and then. When nothing comes of it, you kind of you, you see like he, you know, he looks kind of it, it's. You can see it's kind of getting to him, like you know, he's bummed out, and it's yeah, feel feel bad for our boy, you know, his yeah. little face. It's like we're not, you know, Liverpool and Man City have had what four or five years of building that team. Arteta's had like less than a year, yeah, and you know he's got to try and clean up all the Mister Emery had left. And, uh, you know, Ozil was talking about, like, in that bitchy little passive-aggressive post that he did about, like, uh, faith is, uh, loyalty's hard to find in football. It's like, yeah. uh, Arteta doesn't have, he's not beholden to you. Like, yeah. he's the new manager. He's not, you know, I know you're a teammate, but it's not like he has to have favourites or, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. drop you, mate, am I? We're mates, you know. It's not. I think, yeah, it's like. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, you're, you're absolutely correct. I mean, he's not he's not beholden to him, and people seem to be very quick to forget that he Özil started all of uh, Arteta's matches up until the lockdown started. You know, he was he was being played in the team. It's not as though like the second Arteta came in, that was it. Like you, you know, he he didn't come in with an axe to grind against Özil. Yeah, he was he gave him you know he was giving him chances he was playing him in in more or less every match um and yeah i think you know his attitude just combined with the i mean from what i've heard like behind the scenes we all uh, we all know about his refusal to take the pay cut yeah um to you know to to uh for you know for the the sake of everyone else at the club which 
seemed to not make a difference anyway. You know, all those people got sacked. But um, yeah, his refusal to take the pay cut being the, the highest played highest paid player in Arsenal's history. And then also apparently he refused to take part like during the lockdown, Arteta wanted to hold these uh, like weekly team meetings on Zoom, mm. um, which Ozil refused to participate in. Yeah. Um, so again, you know, Arteta, new manager, trying to do, you know, trying to build, uh, build up the team, you know, and forge that you know these these important relationships and build a rapport with the the squad as a whole. Um, and yeah, and I was just like, nah, I don't, I don't need to do that. Um, so yeah, that I, I, that sort of stuff I think is probably contributed more to uh, to him dropping him. Certainly more than his uh, his opinions about the Chinese government. Um, yeah, that's that's what everyone's saying. Like he's been ostrac- he's been banned because of what he said, and also like because he's the highest earning player. Like every time he plays, there'll be oh extra bonuses, and you know they don't want to pay his extra bonuses or whatever. Blah 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 blah. I mean, on the one hand, you could argue, yeah, how dare Arsenal make a sensible financial move in these current times? But mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did want to, we want to talk about the people being laid off, but I'm talking about like a player who's highly paid but isn't um, justifying his high wage. Not yeah, it's, not even close. It's it's you know, in that sense, it's a sensible move to not play him if he's not as good as he was, not contributing enough, and just has an attitude problem and causes a stink. I mean, there's been yeah. how many like Socrates got dropped. And he hasn't said anything. And yeah. we all remember we remember what happened with Xhaka. He fell out with the fans. He lost the captaincy, and he didn't get picked for a couple of games. And then he kept his head down, and trained and worked hard, and he's back in the team again. Yeah, I mean Xhaka's sort of redemption story has been quite kind of remarkable, really. I mean, you think like I mean it's, it's almost a year ago, or it's more or less exactly a year ago that he, um, yeah, fell out with the the fans and was stripped of the captaincy and was just playing like a, uh, just a dickhead. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think he was all, I mean, under, certainly under Emery, I think he was all ready to, to, uh, ship him out in the January transfer window. Um, obviously then Emery gets sacked, uh, and eventually Arteta comes in and Arteta clearly saw something of use in, in Xhaka and was very clear that he didn't want to sell him. I think Xhaka was all prepared to, you know, he more or less packed his bags and thought he was off. But um, under Arteta, he's sort of got this renewed sense of purpose and he's playing, I mean, I can't remember him playing this good or consistently ever. I mean, even under Wenger, I mean, he was never this uh, reliable, which is, feels like a very weird thing to say about him given mm. how, uh, you know, what, <laughs> what a liability um, he was for such a long time. But... Yeah, I mean, it is, you know, it's it's not like, like I said, it's not like Arteta came in with an axe to grind against yeah. any of the players, clearly. Um, you know, he wanted to he wanted to see what was available to him and learn as much as he could about this squad and build, you know, build around them. Um, so it's not like Ozil didn't have the chance to do that. Uh, but he's, yeah, just, I don't know, happy to count his money, I guess. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like, there's no campaign for free Socrates or free who else has been dropped by the, you know, Saliba. <laughs> yeah, Saliba. I mean, 
he's not. And the thing with Saliba is, is like being nineteen, and he's apparently lost his mum as well this wow. year recently. So that's another reason why he, I think this mm. all been he's been had it a bit difficult lately. And yeah, it, that's it's kind of a different situation. But it's like, why, why, what is it about Urza that people love so much? It's so weird. And I just think like. For like these Urzil fans, it's really about them and just like having a yeah you know, a platform, a Twitter account, or followers. Because well, yeah, engage. I mean, that's one hundred percent. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. I mean, it, again, it, it's it's this contrarian thing they can hang their hat on because there's it's never gonna that they, they never have to worry about being proven wrong about it yeah. because nothing's ever going to change. Like he's never going to get to play. Um. It doesn't matter if it, you know, it, there's no kind of what if um, he were to get back in the side and everything were to turn around. That's never going to happen. So they can just kind of pose this hypothetical forever. Um, yeah. And the burden of proof is on everyone else. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's that, like I said, it, it's, it's that opportunity to have the hottest take uh, that can never be, that can technically never be proven yeah. wrong, even if it's, complete horseshit. Yes, yeah, like uh name any sort of crazy group of people out there just like what they believe. You can't prove me wrong. Uh uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. Yeah. It's like QAnon, you know, like never, yeah. you know, then <laughs> doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter what you say or present them with. It's just it's 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 all you know, a storm the storm the, will still be coming, you know. The Kennedy assassination, the nine eleven moon landings, yeah, all that stuff, all of it. I, yeah, I put it's right same same deal really. It's got something yeah. that can't be proven either way. So you just say I can I can believe whatever I want, and uh, yeah, it's all in theory. It's all abstract. Uh, we'll never know. So yeah. I, I, yeah, they like that look. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, they've got their, they've got their their little their little thing that they can needle people with. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, just trying to check in and see if the lineups have been announced for the Dundalk match yet. Uh, More like dumb dork. <laughs> dumb dork. <laughs> uh, I mean, elsewhere in the Europa League, uh, Spurs are losing to Royal Antwerp. And uh, I think Leicester are winning. Uh, who are they playing? Uh, oh, Celtic are beating Lille two 0 and uh, yeah, Leicester are beating uh, yeah, AK Athens be- beating Athens two 0 Yeah, so wow. Um, let's have a look. Again, this won't really be news uh, when uh, by the time this episode drops, but uh, okay. Uh, so we've got uh, a, a debut for uh, Runyasen. 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 Runa Runyasen. Yes. Um, and then it looks as though, yeah. So we've got uh, Cedric, Mustafi, Kalasanach, and Maitland-Niles. Uh, we've got uh, Joe Willock, Mohamed Elneny, Xhaka, Reese Nelson, Eddie Nketiah, and Pepe. So, a, uh, yeah, that's... More or less eleven changes, I think. Well, I think well, uh, maybe Xhaka started um, the the Leicester match, but yeah, that's big. Uh, yeah, big changes from uh, from Sunday's match. Um, very strong looking bench again. If you know, if 
if things do have to uh, to change, you know, if he does have to to impact the match, I mean, he's got Aubameyang, Willian, Lacazette, Ceballos, Saka, uh, Gabriel, Tierney, Bellerin on the bench there, uh, Partey, and a couple of young'uns from the looks of it. We've got uh, Balogun and Hein on the bench as well, as well as Bern Leno. Um, so, yeah. Interesting to see. I mean, I know nothing about Dundalk. I uh, really don't know what to expect. So we'll see uh, See what happens there. I'm going to check. Uh, yeah, it's meant to be a comedy uh, podcast. Uh-huh. I've been, uh, yes. <clears throat> That's why I came up with Dumb Dork. Uh-huh. Dumb Dork. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. Well, they finished. Was it last season? Was it this season? Whichever. Top of their league, I mean, oh. uh, I think 2019 to this season, uh, whatever. Shamrock Rovers, Dundalk, Bohemian FC, Dundalk. Anyway, I don't know whether they're any good. I bet they'll turn out to be one of those dark horses of the Europa League, Prem- uh, Champions League, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be hilarious. But um, they'll probably, yeah, they'll probably. Beat us one nil, Iceland yeah. style with like a long throw. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was watching. Um, who was it? Uh, what they record? Uh, there was an FA Cup match on the weekend. It was uh, in Inca- oh, yeah. in- Town versus uh, Hartlepool. Uh, that's proper football, right there. Monkey hangers, yeah, yeah. Proper hoof uh, it long, money pitch. Yeah, Actually, people in the crowd. That was that, that was strange. See people in the wow. crowd. That was weird, and uh, it was like six 0 to Hartlepool. But great game, <laughs> great, great. Both teams going at it. You know, right to the end. Yeah. It's proper, proper football. And that's the what magic I'm of the tonight. FA Cup. Yeah, we love. That's what I'm hoping for tonight. But a bunch of lads just just going at it. You know, they'll never get a exactly. Player. Yeah, they may not. Re- you know. Regardless of the result, the real winner is football. The real winner is football here tonight. This is what yeah. dreams are made of. Um, exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, <laughs> we want Arsenal to win. I mean, because uh, just for confidence and just so each player gets some minutes and they can show what they can do and blah 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 and so on. Yeah, I, yeah. Like I mean, definitely the, the confidence. A yeah, a, a convincing win would uh, yeah go quite a long way um, to building the confidence, especially ahead of this weekend's match because we got to play uh, our oldest buddies, our bestest friends in the whole wide world, Man United. Um, yeah. So can't wait for once this match <laughs> is over tonight. We're going to be having just so many nuclear hot takes from uh, from our. our Good friend, uh, Mr. Mark Goldbridge. Um, <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to um, get extremely angry at Mark Goldbridge and just, I want to say something, but I'm not going to because I know he'll. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he'll send his, send his shooters he'll, after he'll, you. He'll send his, his hordes of followers after me, and I couldn't handle that. And um, yes, it's going to be this thing because Man United, since they got fresh, what, 6 1. Mm. Beat PSG, and then who did they have to play at the weekend? Was oh, it? they drew with uh, Chelsea, didn't they? Nil nil. Oh, yeah, it was a nil nil with Chelsea. I mean, I did, and then beat um, 
Leipzig 5 nil. So oh, yeah. They've been, on, they've been on hot form, sort of. Um, yeah, I mean, Ollie, <laughs> yeah, Ollie does seem to, for some reason, always pull it out in these, uh, like the, the big matches, um, especially in, in Europe. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be very interesting to, uh, to see. It'll either be, uh, it'll either be really boring or it'll be like, you know, like 5 4 or something. Yeah. I don't want to eat too, like, uh, was it back in 2012 or whatever? Yeah, if we could avoid that, that would be nice. If we can avoid an 8 2, please. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's what I'm worried about because uh, things have changed. Like, David Louise is somehow extremely vital to our defence now. He's... Yeah, and he's injured. Mm. Um, but then Mustafi is now back in the side and looks pretty decent. So, uh, yeah. It, it's, yeah. I think the main thing is is Gabriel. As long as as long as we keep Gabriel fit, yeah. he's he's going to be like the main the main guy defensively for us this season. I think it's great how uh, United fans acting like they, didn't, they oh, we didn't want him, we didn't want him, didn't want him. Yeah, they, they're all saying he's guaranteed to come. He's coming, he's coming. He's definitely going to be coming. Yeah, him, Harland, and Sancho were all yeah. nailed on uh, to be uh, to be coming uh, to uh, to Old Trafford in the last season or so. And um, yeah, it's, you know, just the, whatever, whatever they're blaming, the incompetency of the, the board or whatever. Um, the fact they don't have a director of football. Um, I don't know. It seems like one of those things where it's like two seasons ago, they would have just mocked every team that has a director of football. Mm. <laughs> um, say, you know, it's, it's, it's a sport, not a business and all that <laughs> fucking bullshit. Um, and now I know Goldbridge especially is desperate for them to get a, a director of football to handle their transfer negotiations specifically. So yeah, that um, that's funny. It's you know it's always nice to see him see him fail. They should get one of those uh, United fan accounts with, who always have either Mason Greenwood or Pogba out of these. They they seem to know what they're on about. Yeah, I saw that Goldbridge was saying that Pogba didn't seem quite fit. Um, for their, their match against uh, Leipzig, uh, and it's just like maybe you just got to admit that he's not—he's <laughs> just not very good. Like he just it may, maybe it's time to just admit that he doesn't care. You know, he doesn't yeah. actually uh, want to play that well. You yeah, know, maybe he's there—he's there, he's there Yeah, they keep doing the meme that like uh, Pepe's a flop, but what Pogba is far and away biggest flop. I've seen. I mean, yeah. I mean, really, they. I mean, what we spent seventy-two million on Pepe. I mean, yeah. they spent more on Harry Maguire. They spent more on Lukaku. They spent and more Pogba. on Pogba. <laughs> um, you know, I yeah. Uh, I don't know what they. How much do you reckon their contract with Sanchez cost? I mean, in terms of his wages and having to terminate it early. I mean, it's got to be near to 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 that. Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you want to talk flops, I mean, there's there's plenty of uh, yeah, plenty of skeletons in that particular closet for for Man United. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's just it's, it's like again, it's, you can't you can't argue with these people. They're just so they know they're winding you up. That's the thing. They just is you know they know. Yeah, that's the, that's what they can fall back on. Is ah, uh, you took the bait. You took the bait. Yeah, and it's just ugh. 
Yeah, you responded to the like idiotic thing that I said. Uh, yeah. So I won somehow. I'm I'm the winner here in this transaction. I've yeah. said something uh, that I've said something that makes it sound like I've hit myself in the head with a sledgehammer. Uh, but you still lost. Yeah. Um. Looks like Athens have pulled one back against Leicester, by the way. Um, So, all to play for there. Um, Spurs still losing. Um, Harry Kane's coming on for Gareth Bale. Shame. Doesn't look as though Bale's having the impact that they thought he would, weirdly. Well, I think he said in an interview that he was still in sort of pre-season mode. Yeah, I I suppose that's part of it, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, let us slide a bail because whatever he's cheated everything. I mean, yeah. What's he need to do? He could just yeah back. I'm thinking. Yeah, I suppose it's not really it's not really about bail. I think it's more the fact it's just, it's more about Spurs. Uh, yeah, failing. You know. <laughs> yeah. As we've established, uh, Arsenal aren't going through the best of times at the moment. So the only thing that comforts us is watching our watching our rivals suffer as well. Yeah. Um, so. Whether it's Spurs or United, we'll take we'll yeah. take what we can get. But so, but Hyunming Son has scored uh, more goals than Arsenal have had shots or whatever the freaking. I think yeah, he scored he scored more league goals uh, on his own than we have as a team so far. I mean, um, which that, is... that could be interpreted as like well, Spurs are a bit over reliant on uh, Hyunming Son for goals then. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Although. Uh, yeah, they're kind of, but they're, well, yeah, they're relying on him and Harry Kane, aren't they? So it's sort yeah. of it's it's kind of fifty fifty. If one one of them provides the assist, the other gets the goal, pretty much. So yeah, but yeah, I mean that, that's a good point. <laughs> Where else are their goals going to come from? If uh, inevitably, when one of them or both of them get injured, because Harry Kane loves getting injured, um, you know, it's like his favorite thing to do. Um, is to get injured and then like come back and force himself to play for England before he's actually fit, um, and then he gets injured for even longer. So, um, you know, I feel like the 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 clock is ticking on that uh, for when that finally happens. You know, we're a few matches into the season now. the the ma- The games are really piling up. Um, so, yeah, what do we reckon by by Christmas? At the latest he's going to do his cruciate or something. Yeah, I can imagine. At least around Christmas time, but it's like I'm quite surprised that he's still at Tottenham. I was thinking that hopefully someone would have bought him, like Madrid or someone. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 every season he must be thinking, is is this the one? Is this is this? Mm. You know, how many more chances am I going to give this club? Uh, you know, to actually win something before I can just go somewhere else and win everything that I. Clearly, I'm talented enough. You know, I can probably captain a team uh, and win everything that I'm clearly more than capable of doing. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, I'm surprised that he's that he's still there. But I don't know. It feels like every season is like, well, if they don't if they don't win anything this season, surely that's it. I mean, like that's got to be it. He's off after after this one, and so it kind of feels mm-hmm. like that way. This season, because Spurs are so um, 
so ridiculous in terms of like the amount of goals they're scoring, but then how open they are at the back. Um, it's yeah, you just you just never know. You never know uh, how how games are going to turn out for them. Even as we've seen, even in matches where they go three nil up. Yeah, yeah, but um, I didn't see their game against Burnley, so I don't know how good they did there, but. I don't know whether it was like a slug of a game and had to. I sort of would imagine that it was. Yeah, it I, I didn't I see old. it either, but I know that they they didn't score until fairly late on, did they? Um, and it, it it's. I mean, any time you play uh, Burnley, I believe they were playing at Turf Moor as well. So any any time you play away at Burnley, um, Burnley's whole thing is to just you know park the bus. 10 men behind the ball um, just you know frustrate teams and go in on you know make very tough challenges and stuff like that so it's yeah it, it's always it's always even for teams like Tottenham that are just scoring for fun at the moment um, even they found it difficult to get anything off of Burnley until right near the end it's, it's a similar thing with Chelsea I suppose as well like they're again they're able to score from pretty much any situation um, but can't seem to defend for well now that they've got a better goalkeeper, maybe that'll change. But they, yeah, they seem yeah. to be very, very open at the back. Yeah. But uh, goddamn. Oh. Mm. Just, just so mad right now, but oh, I'm just dreading the weekend. I really am. Just I think I'll go full lockdown, full media lockdown. It's just, it's going to be very tough if if we don't uninstall it, yeah. Twitter, uninstall uh, all the things, just avoid it off my phone. It's it's going to be very difficult to take if uh, if we don't um, if we don't get at least a point. I mean, really, we should be winning. I would say on paper, we should we should give them a good enough game to at least get a point. But I I, I you'd hope that we can we can just get a win because it feels like we're overdue. And if we don't, then it's kind of like, you know, all of the, the no, no teams are undefeated now, you know, Everton lost um, to, to Saints. So, it, you know, everything's so wide open at the moment. Um, yeah. It feels like it's going to be like that for a big part of the season. So it's like, there's going to be a lot of title challenges. I feel like um, a lot of teams kind of, jostling at the at the top of the table um alongside Liverpool and Man City if they don't if they don't you know um kind of get closer to the form they were showing last season um so yeah you know it's sort of all that kind of positive momentum that we entered this season with would pretty much kind of go out the window i feel like if we if we lose this one um so yeah. it'd be a real bummer hopefully like i said hopefully this match tonight we get a decent uh, convincing win Kind of put us in a put us in a good place mentally for uh, for this weekend. Yeah, just uh, I'm just gonna do a lot of a lot of a lot of praying, a lot of uh, yeah. I get I get very superstitious. I get very can't do that. Otherwise, this will happen. Don't do that. It's part of being absolutely mad. You got to project yeah. a lot more, a lot of positive vibes. You know, you a lot know, of positive uh, vibes. Yeah, yeah. Send a lot of positive vibes out into the universe. Uh, you got to yeah manifest stuff by. Saying it out loud, you know that whole that whole thing. You got to do that. Um, yeah, yeah. We got to 
We're going to help the boys any way we can. Ast- astrally project onto the pitch with them. Be the 12th man. Yeah. That was the old tagline for what, FIFA 2003, I remember? Anyway, mm. I remember things. Um, yeah. And there was, yeah, the Man United edition was uh, be the 13th man, because obviously the 12th man is <laughs> going to be the ref. Nowadays, VAR says now, 14. Nowadays, nowadays, if you say you're English, you get arrested <laughs> and thrown in jail. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, VAR. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I suppose that's uh, going back to the Leicester match. We had that goal disallowed for, for offside, and it's sort of. It's difficult. I don't know if I blame VAR for that necessarily because it's like that stupid interpretation of the law where it's yeah. like, what do you what do you quantify uh, interfering with play as or, or being in active yeah. play as? Because there would be, yeah. I feel like there'd be some people that would say Xhaka and Aubameyang weren't being active in play uh, mm. when Lacazette has the ball. But then there's others that say they are active in play just because of where they're, you know, where they stood so close to to the Leicester keeper and the other Leicester players. I, I don't know, I don't know. That it, it's annoying that like it feels like VAR was supposed to clear this type of thing up, but because the rules aren't very clear, we've still just got like you know refs kind of. I don't know. It, yeah, you know, like we've talked about, just a bunch of old men kind of uh, backing each other up. If you play for Man United, and specifically if you're Bruno Fernandes, uh, then you use goal, not is yeah. it, It's like a, one of those things. Is it Man United? Yes or no? Is it Bruno Fernandes? Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah, he's... Uh, <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's the new Fergie time. Um, yeah. V- yeah, VAR awarding penalties to Man United. Whether the match is finished or not, you know, could be that the the, the game finished. To, the, if the game, bring the everyone game finished back on the literally pitch. ten minutes ago. Um, yeah, they'll be doing half time. They'll be doing the post match analysis, and then the referees. Oh, we got come back on the pitch, everyone. I've just seen there was a brief brush of the hand on. Bruno Fernandez's shirt in the box. Yeah, That's someone someone caught someone's fingernail uh, touched his arm. So yeah, that counts as dangerous play. Uh, Got to bring it back for a for a penalty. Oh, you missed that penalty. Uh, yeah, well the uh, uh, keeper was um, the keeper's uh, penis wasn't on a- the, wasn't in wasn't parallel to the line. Uh, so we got to retake <laughs> yeah. it. The goalkeeper wasn't on the line when. No, it wasn't a penalty, but the goalkeeper just wasn't on the line when the shot was, and then he saved the shot. So we've got to retake that shot again. Yeah. The goalkeeper's got to stand. The goalkeeper hadn't been genetically fused to the line um, no. at, at the time that the uh, opposing goal kick was taken, which ended up with the move that led to the penalty being given. So, um, yeah, we've got to retake the, uh, the penalty. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, and so on in that fashion until uh, until Man United win. Basically, win. that's that's the yeah. Uh, that's what that's what I'm dreading. <coughs> VAR, VAR, VAR to blame for the Arsenal. Arsenal, and it will be all turned around and say, "Oh, look at Arsenal fans uh, making excuses." Yeah, for that week it will be, and then it'll just be you know. It, eventually, it's going to have it's going to have happened to every team in the league at some point that that you know. A dodgy VAR penalty will be given yeah. against them to Man United, um, so it'll be 
yeah, all fans except Man United fans that uh, that will be saying that. But for the time being, yes, like I said, we'll Arsenal fans will be labelled as uh, you know bitter and uh, and poor losers and whatever. But uh, Delu- yeah. deluded Arsenal fans, yes, deluded. Because yeah. um, you're not allowed to say anything positive about your team because that's being deluded. Yeah, it's being biased. Yeah, it's being it's being biased as well. You can't, you can't support a football team that's biased. Yeah, I like it when they say that's unbiased. They get the they get it wrong way around. That's unbiased. Yeah, uh, referee's being un referee's being unbiased there. Or um, yeah, uh, saying saying bias instead of biased. That's like yeah. a good uh, that's a good dumb guy move. You're being biased against me. You're favoritizing. You're, <laughs> yeah, you're being liberally biased, like the like the liberal BBC. Blatantly obvious. I uh, love that. Blatantly obvious. Yeah. Um. Right. Okay. Just checking in. Uh, looks as though yep, Spurs are still losing. Uh, Leicester is still winning. Um. It's about a quarter of an hour to go in each of those matches. Uh, ooh, Lille have pulled one back against Celtic as well. So that match is, uh, again, all to play for. Uh, a lot of action in the Europa League tonight, folks, which uh, you'll have known about because it would have happened by the time mm. this episode comes out. Uh, <laughs> um, was there anything else in terms of Arsenal news that we had to cover? No, it's more or less it, I think. Yeah. Sight, yeah. It's just being stuck in, in limbo. We just don't know. It's, it's Schrodinger's football right now. Schrodinger's Arsenal. Yeah. We just don't know. What's it going to be like? Uh. Yeah. The next chapter of Ozil Gate, no doubt, um, yeah. will be coming out. I mean, yeah, again, it's only, it, it's a, as soon as Arsenal get one like convincing win, you know, like one decent performance with a convincing win, uh, nobody will be talking about us. <laughs> um it's, Leaked yeah. email from the Chinese uh, president. Uh, I don't like what Urzel said. Uh, ban him, please. And Arteta, okay, ooh, ooh. <laughs> yes, love you, love you, Supreme Overlord. Thank you. Um, it's uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, um, so that's that's all the Arsenal stuff. Was there any other general football stuff to talk about? I mean. Marcus Rashford, Mark, Marcus Rashford, um, showing the government for you know showing them up as the fucking horrible monsters that they are. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, if he gets a goal on the weekend, though, I won't be happy. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't really followed all of that, but yeah, um, fair play, whatever. Um, I haven't followed everything, but I guess yeah. Basically, the government don't want poor kids to have yeah. free food. If, I, uh, I get the general if there's not, if there's not school happening. Um, interestingly, every other like country in the UK, so like Scotland and Wales and Northern Ireland, all voted in favour of doing that. It's literally, it's literally just our horrible government um, that, that voted against it. Um, and uh, yeah, we've uh, we now have the, you know the revelation that um, what's his name is it Gary Sandbrook eats big dinners. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, that's the kind of, uh, that's the, the headline there. Um, that, that was, that was spray painted outside his house or whatever, um, uh, by someone. 
Um, yeah, and Marcus Rashford again has sort of had to step up and draw people's attention to the fact that uh, the government is literally trying to starve poor people to death. Not just poor people, but uh, little kids, you know, little little kids and babies. Uh, they are an inconvenience. Their lives are an inconvenience to this government, um, and uh, they're just trying to speed the process along um, in terms of uh, not having to deal with them anymore. So... Yeah, fair play to uh, to Marcus Rashford. I think Raheem Sterling also talked about he's going to be um, starting a, a foundation for uh, for um, kids in similar situations as well. So, again, you know, another another beloved figure in the media um, in in Britain, Raheem Sterling. It's basically, I mean, it's it's becoming a pretty good uh, barometer as to you know whether morally whether you should be getting behind something or not. Is like, are people slagging off Raheem Sterling for doing it? Uh, okay, it's probably a good idea then. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I was just taking a drink there, but luckily but, but, Lawrence yeah. covered like a pro, so the listeners didn't even notice. Um, so It's fine. Uh, I think yeah. people would rather hear slurpy noises and hear me speak <laughs> giggity uh yeah, oh they- looks as though leal uh now level with celtics to all um damn bent a club bent a club Bleh. yeah landing out if he's not already yeah i like uh, how they got a player called uh a yeti i like that name yes yeah not a exactly yeti. subtle is it yeah it's like they got a yeti playing for them great cool uh, he's nice from, from the North Pole. Huh. Yeah. N- yeah. Plays internationally um, for the North Pole. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say now. I think, I think we've I sort of, we can sort of transition out of football talk, can't we? Because I think we've, uh, yeah. we've exhausted, exhausted that, basically. We're just sort of... Like I said, the only thing left now is to wait and see how Arsenal uh, get on tonight. Shall we do some cultural appropriation? Yeah. Okay. And here's the music to let you know that it's cultural appropriation time. And there it is. Um, Cultural appropriation theme by our very own Lawrence Yates. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, we're going to... All night doing that. Oh, so much effort. We're going to... Yes, yeah. You worked. Tortured artist. Oh. Hours slaving over a garage band. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, like I said, transitioning out of football talk and into uh, other things talk, um, we're going to recommend some stuff that uh, you might like. Um, So, Lawrence, what do you got for us this week? Okay, this week um, I'd like to talk about uh, the the Tomb Raider games. Not the, 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 the... not, not that the newer ones are bad or anything. I, I've played one; it's good. But um, I'm more talking about you know the uh, classic Tomb Raider games. I've just been uh, reminiscing, and I was I always really enjoyed those games. I almost forgot about them. I can't believe I forgot about them. It's one of my favorite games of all time, and I'd like to give a shout out to Tomb Raider. If you ever get a chance, you have a PlayStation or anything, get the but uh yeah lara croft get at us dms are open yeah um, and uh <laughs> don't know what else to recommend this week um uh chicken run 
<laughs> they're making a sequel, I think, aren't they? Yeah. They, they announced that they were. Uh, yeah, they're going to make a sequel. Are they uh, doing it? Is it? Are they doing it with Mel Gibson? No, I don't think so. Not even um, what's her name, Julia. Julia Sawala. Sawala, something. Yeah. Not even. They're not. Yeah. But I was watching it with my nephew, and I was like, you know, it's a pretty good film. It's actually not. It's not a bad. I remember seeing it back in the day, but I was like, yeah, it holds up. It's a good film. I really enjoyed it. I, d- uh, I honestly, I don't think I've seen it all the way through start to finish since I saw it in the cinema when it came out when I was about nine or 10. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I, yeah, maybe that's, that feels like a Christmas film, doesn't it? It's sort of yeah, like that's, that's a good film that to watch time over Christmas. Yeah, I think <laughs> coming up, I was talking to someone about the Paddington movies the other day and those are, those are kind of good yeah. Those are good new uh, movies you can watch at Christmas. I mean, really, they're they're good enough to watch at any time of year. But yeah, those those are good kind of uh, sort of Christmassy type films. Um, yeah, so check it out, folks. Ardman's Chicken, Chicken Run. Run, pretty great. Um, <laughs> if you can just you know ignore the fact that it's Mel Gibson and all yeah. his uh, horrible, <laughs> all of his horrible uh, opinions about stuff. Um, okay. I um because it's you know it's October and it's you know it's spooky season we're very nearly at Halloween um at the time that we're recording this I fell down a bit of a rabbit hole this week I I rewatched um Twin Peaks Firewalk with me David Lynch's uh oft misunderstood uh psychological horror drama with supernatural elements I guess there's probably a more succinct way of describing it than that. Um, but yeah, based on the the TV show, uh, Twin Peaks, it serves as a prequel and sequel. Um, what I ended up doing was watching the film and then a few years ago, I don't want to say 2014, 2015, um, around, around the time I think they sort of started production on the, like the, the third season of Twin Peaks that, that, uh, came out, you know, 25 years after the original one. um, they released the uh, the missing pieces. It's known as um, because there was something like five hours worth of footage shot for the the movie. Um, there's a lot of kind of storylines and scenes with characters that just never made the the final cut of the film. So there's um, I watched the the original you know theatrical release of the movie, and then there's this sort of the missing pieces, which is about ninety minutes long. Um, it's all sort of edited together by David Lynch, um, so it's you know it's Lynch approved. Um, but that's a very sort of, um, very interesting kind of relic, you know, kind of shows what, what a sequel could have been like. I think his original plan was to make three films. Um, but the reaction to that first one was so bad, uh, both critically and, uh, financially it was box office bomb. Um, that, uh, yeah, he never got the chance, but then I think a lot of the kind of story ideas and stuff he then got to uh to kind of explore when he made the uh twin peaks the return you know the third series um that came out in 2017 which i've now started re-watching again because i haven't haven't re-watched it since it came out a few years ago so uh yeah i've kind of fallen down a big uh, big old twin peaks rabbit hole but that's that's a good kind of uh that's a good spooky thing to to watch around uh this time of year so check out fire walk with me um the uh, the Twin Peaks movie and check out the the missing pieces if you've only if you've seen the Twin Peaks you know the the TV show I mean you can't even though it's technically a prequel it will be just <laughs> completely impenetrable um, if you try and watch it without any of the context of the TV show so 
do make sure you've seen um, the the first two seasons of, of Twin Peaks, and then yeah, watch Fire Walk with me. Um, very some real creepy, disturbing shit in that movie. Um, very yeah, very good for for this time of year. Uh, brilliant soundtrack as well. Um, so yeah, check check that out. Uh, Twin Peaks, Fire Walk with me, and Missing Pieces. Um, anything else? We have. We need. We need to do some impressions. Uh, people seem to like those. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, but you can't force it. I mean, it, it's uh, it, yeah. It needs to be natural. Yeah, uh, you, you, and also, you know, we got to keep people keep people listening. You know, if we just start doing it every episode, then they'll get bored of it. But well, this is the last episode before uh, the uh, U.S. election. Uh, mm. Where do we think it's going to go? Which way? Ooh, uh, mm. Uh, it's difficult to tell. I mean, it is, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, the, the polls and everything have Joe Biden winning by a landslide, but then the polls also had Hillary Rodden Clinton, uh, winning by a landslide, uh, you know, four years ago. So who fucking knows? Either way, we will still do the show because it's got nothing to do with us because. Yep. That's that's our promise to you. Unlike unlike every other celebrity, uh, all the other celebs, we're not going to tell you to vote um, because that's what they're all doing at the moment. Um, so yeah, and I think you know we're going to go on record as saying that we're not we're not voting, we're not voting in this election. Um, so no. take that. That might get us a little bit of uh, notoriety. That you know that might we're 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 on the edge. Yeah. No. There's who was it on? I think it was Stefan Heck did that on Twitter because he's he's Canadian, um, <laughs> but he's got quite a big following on Twitter. I, I think he's verified as well, um, but he's got quite a big following. So like, yeah, he was a few months ago. He was just tweeting, "I won't." <laughs> After Joe Biden got the nomination for the Democrats, he was like, "I won't be voting for Joe Biden." And then there's just like all these, <laughs> all these American liberal accounts that are just like, you know, getting mad at him for being a Bernie bro or whatever, and he's just like. I actually won't be voting for anybody. I'm Canadian. <laughs> I live in Vancouver. And they're just like, oh, okay. Like just yeah. completely like the wind taken absolutely out of their sails. Uh, some people are just masterful Twitter trolls. Uh, I, I, uh, I wish yeah. I could, I wish I could be one of those, but. Uh, oh, actually mind. speaking of, uh, of bad impressions, um, have you had a chance to see the trailer for that David Bowie film that came out this week? I I have not, I have not. Good God Almighty! It's such a weird thing because they they couldn't get, and it's very obvious. It becomes obvious very quickly in the trailer. Um, they could not get the rights to any of his music, <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's the guy. The guy's name in the film is David Bowie and everything, and I think they've obviously like, uh, legally that you know they've done enough to be able to use his likeness, I guess. Um, but yeah, there's just none of his music and it's all about like, it's, it's called Stardust. It's about him creating the character of Ziggy Stardust. Yeah. Um, and the trailer starts with him arriving at us customs, you know, it, it cause it's, I think it's all about like him going on tour in America, um, and, you know, discovering something about himself. And then, then at the end of it, he's Ziggy Stardust. Um, but this is back, you know, back in like the late sixties, early seventies, when he was just like a failing singer songwriter, they, send him out on tour to the States. And um, yeah, I think literally like the first scene in the trailer is him walking up to US Customs and the Customs guy is like, name. And he's like, 
I'm David Bowie. It's just like <laughs> I'm David Bowie. Oh my god. I play guitar. And it's, it's like, I've seen on IGN it's got uh 1.9 dislikes to 1.8 likes. So uh 50/50 on that one. Man. And uh it's yeah. it's tough. I mean Mark Marin isn't it? Um and you know I like I like McMarin but uh yeah, man, oh man, does this thing look like an absolute stink fest? It, it's like I said, it's it, if you, why would you persist with it if you can't get the rights to the music? It just, that, like just boggles my mind. Like, what else is there? I know that he was like an interesting guy and he was a weirdo and whatever, but like, if you're telling the story specifically of how he came up with the character that his breakthrough album is named after. Like, wh- why? Why bother? Why drag that out for 90 minutes, two hours? Like, that's insane to we me. Got a, the Queen and the Elton John movies uh, were so popular where they all weren't they? Um, so we got a, whatever 70s icon do we have? I mean, that um, literally feels like what they've, yeah, I mean, that that's pretty much it. That is exactly why. I mean, the Queen movie, I mean, is, you know, as bad as that looked, it did... It did make a lot of money, and it won a bunch, you know, it won a bunch of Oscars. And I think so. Uh, Rocket Man was, you know, a big old hit, and got nominated for a bunch of awards as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I suppose the difference is that Rocket Man was good, and uh, the Queen one had Queen in it. <laughs> you know, the Queen one had the music of Queen in it. This is a David Bowie-less David Bowie movie, um, which, like I said, I. The guy playing Bowie um, doesn't sound or look like him. Like he, for some reason, he's wearing like this f- big fake nose. Like it, it's like like Bowie had had like you know quite an easily identifiable nose. Um, mm-hmm. But this looks more like I don't know. Yeah, this looks like one of the fake noses that Borat wears in the new Borat movie. You mm-hmm. know, just it looks completely fake. Shall I be the ultimate contrarian and just say, like, I don't really care about Bora. I kind of overall that, like, well, like Sasha Baron Cohen's comedy. Like, I kind of put it, lump it in with, like, people who really like Family Guy and stuff. <laughs> and it's, it's just, like, I think, well, yeah, I think the, it, it, the problem is, I think, yeah, because it became so popular, like, people, those sorts of people just latched onto the catchphrases and didn't really yeah, get any of the. That was the saying. They didn't I really get any of the point school. of any of it. Um, yeah. Because it is quite, I mean, it's it's very like, I mean, because I, I watched Borat 2 uh, last weekend and it is, it, it's very good and it is very funny. Um, and it is genuinely quite like, there. you know, he's he's coming face to face with people that are like, you can see the wheels turning in their heads that they're like, I'm, how can I kill this guy? Like that, like, it's like, like the it's people like, that like literally are like, uh, that want to murder him. Um, and it, it's, there is, how do you not know who Borat is in 2020? How do you not know? Well, that's, that's a gag in the movie. Like that's, that's sort of, that's one of the first jokes is when he comes back yeah. to America um, he's like he's just walking down some street in Texas, and like other people keep coming up to him, being like Borat, Borat. Like they're trying to take photos with him and stuff, and he's like pulling his jacket up over his head, going, "No, it's not me, it's not me." And it's so like it, it revolves more around his daughter. Like he's got an actress that's, uh, that's yeah. playing his daughter, and a lot more, a lot more of the stuff involves her. Um, but 
but there is i will say for for all of the um all the stuff that's kind of like i said that's very kind of like <laughs> near the knuckle and very kind of like uh you know all of that i the the thing that made mm-hmm. me laugh hardest is that there's a bit where he he gets a job <laughs> the it there's a bit where he gets a job in a barber shop and he's like uh trying to convince this guy to let him give him a haircut um and he he keeps like each piece of hair that he snips off he like just presents it to the guy and then the guy like nods and then he throws it on the floor he, he does that every time he snips a bit of his hair it's just yeah i was like that that's such a genius bit just, like to just like, the whole is that rudy giuliani saying i was tucking my shirt in it's like yeah Mm, yeah, no, it, it looks extremely dodgy. There's no way. There doing. is absolutely. No. He, you can see in his face. We all, we all lie down to tuck our shirts in. Yeah, I mean, it's like down. even if that's true. I mean, because he is like you know, he's his whole thing is that he's a fucking weird old man. You know, he's just that he's yeah. an absolute freak. Um, you know, he literally married his cousin. I mean, like that. You know, he's he's a fucking weirdo, <laughs> but. You can see in his face, he he is like, he's like, really believes that he's vibing with this this teen girl. Like he's like, you know, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see in his eyes that he like, yeah, he, he's being super handsy. I saw that clip. Yeah, it's, like, ugh, ugh, yeah, it's gross. It's and people saying like he's clearly talking a show. He's like, no, he's not. <laughs> yeah, no, he's absolutely <laughs> touching his yeah. weird. That's his. That's where it's cock. good for me. That's where it's good where you show these people doing things. That's good. Yeah. But generally, it's like I don't. I just don't like all the catchphrases, and everyone kept saying it at school, and it just annoyed me after a while. That's like, yeah, I think there's, like I said, there's less of that because the Borat character is sort of not the main focus of it. He he has to kind of disguise himself as other characters. Like there's this bit where yeah. he goes to uh, uh, like a rally as country steve he does a song as as country steve um and uh yeah there's a i think actually this week like sasha baron cohen tweeted like a behind the scenes clip or like a deleted scene where um again he pisses off a bunch of these uh you know everyone at this rally basically is carrying an ak-47 um so but he pisses them off and they're like trying to break into his bus uh like he has to like (laughs) literally run off the stage because they've started like they've started vaulting the barrier and climbing onto the stage because he's pissed them off that much um and then he has to like run into his bus and just close the door and they're like they're like banging on the bus trying to open the door to get in and it's just like holy shit like he he genuinely could have got murdered making yeah. this film um which is which is incredible i mean his dedication to 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 the bit is I mean in the first film you know there's like there's just like a bit where like a him and a big fat guy like sixty nine or like you know a big fat guy just like fully sits on his face and it's like it's for real you can see that it's for real there's nothing there's nothing separating yeah. his face from this fat man's like asshole and balls they are fully on his face yeah um, he, that's where I, re- I like because I I like performance art yeah you know. It's, that's right. I do respect what he does, but it's just like, you know, I'm kind of like, uh, it's just everyone else is ruining it. It's, it's the fans. That's what, yeah. It's not him. It's the fans. Okay. They're it, I mean, it, it is. That's exactly <laughs> one of the reasons why I never got into um, Ali G. Like, I never yeah. found that character funny because by the time I actually like saw any Ali G stuff, 
it had been ruined by, like you said, like kids at school that didn't get the joke, like that didn't get that the mm. LEG character is like literally making fun of them. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like this is like you're, I, I don't know. Do you think that he's genuinely cool? Like, do you you think this guy yeah. is like? It's he, like Al Murray, <laughs> the pub landlord. Like people didn't realize oh he's taking God, a mic out. Yeah. He's taking a mic out of you. I it, <laughs> I literally like my my jaw dropped the first time I found out that people thought that 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 was real. That the people thought that Al Murray's pub landlord character wasn't a character or that it, you know that it wasn't ironic because it was just so even as like even as like a teenager you know it's like when he when he kind of first became really popular in like whatever it was like 2004 2005 um i was yeah like even then i was just like but this is so obviously an act like this is like how yeah. can you how could anyone take this at face value like you'd have to be <laughs> you'd have to be a proper moron and it turns out that yeah a lot of people are proper fucking morons it's like, I did enjoy Al Murray, where he's just, he's just ripping everyone a new one. And it's just like, they love him for it. And it's just. Yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, there's some guys fine man, line, that are just really good fine at Fine line between taking the absolute piss at somebody and just, they love you for it. It's, yeah. But, um. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. Don, Don Rickles was like famous for being able to do that. You know, the. Yeah, King of Sting or whatever, you know. He's, I mean, yeah. There's like, there's so many like clips of him just like making fun of like Ronald Reagan and stuff to his face. It's it's brilliant. Um, but yeah. Um, any Bigfoot news? Well, I haven't looked, so it probably isn't. Nah, he's probably laying <laughs> laying low till after the election. I would yeah. have thought. I'll get. I have to read up and see, but I doubt it. Oh, that, I suppose that's the other big sort of science news, isn't it? That the moon ha- uh, has water on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, NASA teased. Uh, they had some big announcement regarding the moon <laughs> this week, and they confirmed that, um, yeah, the moon is, like, covered in yeah. puddles or whatever. It's got, they found cum on the moon. Yeah. They, f- <laughs> they found they found nut all over the moon. Oh, man, someone nutted on the moon. God dang. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that'll, that'll just about do it for this week, I think. Um, so if you like this, subscribe and you'll get more. Um, check us out on all the usual social media stuff. Send us an email if you've got any questions or comments. Um, it, you know, we're at uh, juniorfunners at gmail.com. That's, uh, that's our email address. Um, so, you know, if you've got any like good voucher codes or anything, send us those. Those are appreciated. Um, and yeah, we're on Twitter at Junior Funners. We're also on Facebook. Uh, or if you want to follow me and Lawrence individually on Twitter, I'm at Ollie Munster. Lawrence, your uh, what's uh, what's your at now? I be online. I be Although, online. Ironically, I haven't been online for a while. Uh, <laughs> because, I be uh, online. I had a busy day, and uh, so I don't know what's been happening. I, but actually, we've been talking about impressions. I did do, I did an impression on Twitter today, so there may not be any impressions in this week's podcast, but if you follow us on Twitter, uh, or you follow me on Twitter specifically, you'll see a, 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 a very accurate Vincent D'Onofrio impression, and I think you'll agree it's very timely. Um, it's to do with his character in the 2015 Netflix series Daredevil. Um, that about does it. Um, yeah, bye.